Hello, and welcome to the Nurse to Nurse podcast with Starshima and Kevin, the podcast for the nursepreneurs. Get ready for some straight talk on everything nursing and more. Hey, how you doing? Welcome to the podcast. This is Starshima and Kevin. We're back at it again. Yes, yes, yes. I got my boy Kevin in the house. Do y'all know <laughs> who Kevin is? Like, Kevin is the nurse educator for the Central Valley. He is out here making major strides, and he's touching cities outside of our valley. That's how yeah. much this gentleman is out here driving impact. I know he come with all humility and all humbleness, but I just want to pump him up and just let him know how amazing what he does here in the Valley and the work that his company and his self-employment is doing here for in the Valley. I mean, he's out here changing the game for some nurses here. So yes, yes, yes. So follow him, go over to Central Valley Medical because he is the guy that got all your good education plans, courses, classes, He'll do it better than anybody else here in the I Valley. Tried, Never man. a dull moment in his classroom, nope. y'all. <laughs> well, you know, I, when I started this, I handpicked the instructors that teach because I don't want people to be all feeling stressed and shit. So there's me, there's Claude, there's Roberto, there's Miss Pat, and now Daniel. We just got Daniel on board. So we tried, and then Ariana, she's our admin. She keeps us all fucking in check and shit. But I don't want people to be stressed when they come to class. I want them to have fun. Yeah, that's how it should be. Life anyway is just stressful. Like, you know what I mean? Like, why come to places and got to be all? Well, the problem is when there's certain people in our valley that teach and they don't realize that not everybody's an ER nurse or an ICU nurse. Like we get L&D nurses here. And if you ask an L&D nurse, they don't like ACLS. They scared shitless of it. Right. And that's because, and I'm going to knock on wood because I don't want to jinx all my L&D nurses. They don't get a lot of codes. They get more rapid responses than codes. Right. When I teach, I ask people, where do you work? What do you do? Because I try to teach it from their point of view. Because right. what would I do as an ER nurse? How would I feel if I went to the fucking L&D floor? Right. What would I do? Probably be, ask some questions, be yeah, lost. I, I, yeah, I'd be crying like a little sissy and shit. I'm <laughs> like, I ain't doing that. You A vagina, what? You're like, I save lives around here. I make sure right. the heart's still beating. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, I love vagina, but not like that and shit. Right. <laughs> Put that shit back in your gown or whatever. I don't know if you noticed, but did you know we went to teach in China for 10 days? No, I didn't know that. Look yeah. at you. Oh. We're international. <laughs> okay. All right, international. Global. Well, let's just, let's just oh. lay it out there then. I love it. Yeah, it was probably about, I don't know, maybe four or five years ago. We had a company that approached us, and he was a doctor that works in the Valley. He's a pediatrician or an intensivist pediatrician. <laughs> I don't know what, yeah. He's a fucking ICU pediatric doctor. How's that? Anyway, he got us to where we went over to China for 10 days to teach pediatric advanced life support to a bunch of anesthesiologists. And even in fucking China, what do anesthesiologists want to do with every fucking patient? Would you be out? Intubate. Intubate. Right. I'm like, these motherfuckers, man, was that what they teach everybody in anesthesia to intubate people? But (laughs) uh, we have, I know, but it it was fun and shit. We had a good time. Well, they, they're looking for the safety of the airway, considering the type of medications in which they're being right, given. I get it. So. I get it. <laughs> it was so, all right. It's good. I had fun. Yeah. I mean, I, as an OR nurse, you work, I worked alongside. Oh, see? So, while, yeah. So. so, you know, yeah. Well, shit, when I went over there, Miss Pat, you know, she's Filipina and she, she got some big old boobies. And I, I had this Chinese doctor that was in charge. He offered me two Chinese ladies for Miss Pat because he said he wanted an Asian woman with big boobs. Oh. So, what did I do? 
You exchange them or you yeah, say, nah. yeah, like, no, I'm like, yeah, take her on. Where's my two? I need my two for one. <laughs> that is so wrong. You should not she, be exchanging Miss uh, Pat. That's terrible. She is, that terrible. <laughs> don't do Miss Pat like that. Yeah. She is an amazing woman. She's still here. I still got her. <laughs> that's good. Good thing you didn't leave her over there. You know what I mean? Come back with your two. Let she, her. <laughs> you try to leave me over there. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, oh, you want to give me up? Okay, yeah. you stay here. <laughs> But it was I fun. Love it. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I didn't even know you were international. I think every podcast, I learned a little bit more about you. And so thank you for opening up and sharing us with us. So y'all, that's even more of a reason that you definitely, this guy has some definitely, not only educational experience, but some life experiences that are going to be helpful. Oh, yeah. So today, we're going to unpack Kevin today, y'all. Like, I think we come here and we talk to y'all. <clears throat> but I think the podcast, our mission is help nurses unleash their voices. And I think for us to help you unleash your voice, you got to get to know us a little bit better. So today we're going to unpack Kevin, right? We want to know who is Kevin, what is Kevin all about? What are some things that motivate him, keep him going in life and talk about his employment journey, the impact that he's making. So Kevin, tell us about Kevin. What inspired you to become a nurse? What does his journey look like for you? So I was born and raised in Texas, but I was, I spent a lot of time in Louisiana, Arkansas. I was born and raised hardcore Southern Baptist. Is that where you got that accent from? Yes. Yes. All right. And I got the shit beat out of me in the name of Jesus. Mm. I got beat till I shit myself. Mm. Then I got beat because I shit myself. Oh, wait a minute. And so I look back and I think a lot of nurses, they get into nursing because they come from some kind of fucked up background and they want to help people because it makes them feel better about themselves. Mm. I don't know why, but I think, you know, looking back, I just think I wanted to help people because I felt pretty shitty about myself and how I was raised as well. Cause you know, mm. my mom was married to my stepdad for a while and he had four or five older sons. They used to kick the shit out of us. They would stab us with knives and forks and they try to one. I remember one, his name was Harold. He, he tried to make me suck his dick for a piece of bubble gum. Oh, wait a minute. Okay. Right. So, I mean, mm. it, you know, I just think that when you come from that traumatic kind of background, you try to want to help people because it makes you feel better about yourself. Yeah. I left home when I was 16 and I started working, took care of myself. I graduated high school and then I joined the Army. I graduated in June. I joined the Army and went to boot camp and left Texas and never came fucking back. Hmm. But I was a combat medic. I did three tours in Iraq. And when I was old there, I was, my wife had left me, my first wife. And so there's, I always make a joke, but it's true. Somewhere in America, I own a pair of titties that I never got to use because she stole all my money, ran away with another dude. And so I was so distraught that my first sergeant, she was trying to comfort me. And she says, why don't you become a nurse? Mm-hmm. So I re-enlisted in the damn desert of Iraq to become a nurse, thinking that they were going to send me to nursing school right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How long did I take for me to go to nursing school? I don't know. Tell us. Well, she said I had to wait till after the war. I'm like, what the fuck? You told me if I signed up, I could go to damn nursing school. She's like, you can't. You just got to wait till after the war's over. I'm like, that's some bullshit. But it's okay. So I, after the war, we came back to Texas and, or Louisiana, and then I moved to Texas. And that's how I became a nurse. Wow. I, be, I was a nurse in the Army. I worked at Walter Reed. I don't know if anybody knows where that is, but that's in D.C. I worked there for three and a half years. Then I moved to Tripler in Hawaii. That was my last station. Mm. And then I moved to L.A., and that's where I met Miss Pat. 
Nice. She was, she was engaged for five years to some loser. Mm. And, and you I, took her? You took I, her from the I, loser? I stole her and shit. Mm-hmm. And then I, I came to, we moved to Fresno, and that's where I started working as a trauma ICU nurse. Oh, nice. So, wow. yeah. That was kind of a powerful journey. One, just thank you for your service. We don't yeah, want to well, ever no, leave that right. out. I mean, no, but we appreciate what you do. Like that yeah. is, it takes a person, one strong person to be able to do the work and what you did. And then or I know crazy. you went back. Or crazy. Well, <laughs> or just a person who wants to serve, right? One thing that when you were talking that kind of came to mind was like, I always feel like it's a privilege to be able to serve people at some of their most vulnerable times. And I think what hit home when you were saying like when we have been through trauma or disservice that we don't ever want people to feel the way that we feel. So we find our ways to help other people. And I know this was on the previous podcast, but looking at the good nurse, right? He had oh, went yeah. through a lot and he felt like he was helping people in a different way. Not saying that that's Kevin, because Kevin <laughs> don't have people like that. But just thinking about how he went in his <laughs> profession, but he was feeling like he was helping people, although he may have had some mental illness, which was helping them in the wrong way, which is right. not natural to the way that we do so. I think I asked you this, though. I don't remember if it was in the previous podcast or just off the record, but what is the difference between a sociopath and a genius? It's not, oh yeah, you asked me that. It's pretty much nothing. It's a very, very thin line. Right, very thin line. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. I could have been that person. I could have been the sociopath pushed the other way because of all the crap it went to. Why I didn't, I don't know. I don't know why I'm the way I'm in, but you know, I'm lucky. That that wasn't your I'm lucky I ain't killing people and shit. (laughs) Yeah, that wasn't your assignment, right? (laughs) Right. It seemed like you really have a deep compassion at the core of who you are to really just help people. I look at it in your business and how you help people in the work that you do, you're so committed to educating and making sure nurses know what they need to know when they're out providing care. You know, if you weren't compassionate about it, if you didn't love what you do, I don't think it would come off the way that it does. Right. I agree with you. I mean, you love this thing, right? This is like your baby. Right. I eat, sleep and drink. I'm here seven days a week at this motherfucking place. Right. And some days you're up there at six o'clock in the morning too, huh? Well, I mean, I get people that call me and text me three or four o'clock in the morning. And if I'm awake, I'll answer and shit, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So what do you think? I know you talked about your life journey. Thank you for sharing that with us. Because I know that those things aren't always to come back and to bring up. But I feel like you've worked past them because you can talk about them. What do you feel like is the thing that make you most relatable to other people, that to I've, other nurses and That I've been through the same shit everybody else. I, you know, I know a lot of people look at me because I'm, a, I know nobody's going to like this, but I'm a rich white guy. I ain't fucking rich. Mm-hmm. I am white, but I didn't, you know, people can tell me I grew up privileged and maybe I did. I don't know, but I got the shit kicked on me. I did not come from a middle-class family. We were poor as fuck. Mm-hmm. And, you know, did I live a different life? I don't. Maybe I did. I don't fucking know. But I just know that I got the shit kicked out of me. No, but I just know that I was tormented and I came from a really fucked up background. And I, like you, I could have chose to be a victim or I could move forward and fucking survive. Mm-hmm. So I just take what I learned growing up. I related to what I see other people going through. Like I took care of a lady in St. Agnes once that she was a lady of the night. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she thought I was going to look down upon her because, she you know, she told me what she did. I'm like, listen, I don't care what you do. That's your business. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you're a lady of the nine or you're the vice president of the United States. I'm going to treat you the same. Absolutely. I like you because and I'm not a religious person. Like I went to total opposite way, but I do remember all the crap I was taught. 
But, you know, fucking, what would Jesus do to a whore on the street? He'll love her. Yeah, and that's what I do. I just try to love people for who they are. I don't judge people. I don't make judgments. I'm like, that could have been me. That could be my kids. That You know I mean? So who the fuck am I to judge? I just share my life so people understand that I'm a person just like them. It just trying to make me relatable and stuff. That's the big thing, you know, is that we're all human and people need human connection. They need human relatability. And despite what I think the big thing is, is that, yes, you hear people talk about privilege, right? But I think sometimes we overuse the term. And yes, people can be afforded different opportunities based upon their skin color. But also, you never know what people had to endure. And we can't you know, we get so caught up of weighing this and this against each other, like right. it holds the same weight. But many times it's not, you know. So I just, given that context is that that's what people may say, but I think we need to be mindful of really what that um, sometimes but, looks like. But people are scared to talk about color and race and sex and religion. I don't give a shit. You come to my mm-hmm. class, I'm going to mention them all. I'm not saying I'm right. I'm not saying I'm wrong, but I'm just looking at from what I learned, what I listened to, talking about perspective. Because this is one thing I people don't like it, but I I think it's a good thing we started doing it. Is the board of nursing is forcing companies like mine to talk about when you teach a class, talk about it from what do they call it? Implicit biases. Mm-hmm. Do you know what an implicit bias is? Yeah. What is an implicit bias? Give us an example of one. I'm going to put you on the fucking spot. No, uh-uh, Kevin, don't put me on the spot. You tell us. You're the teacher. All right, so look at you. What is your ethnicity? I'm black. Yeah, but you're an angry black woman. I am an angry black woman. <laughs> so Angry. Black- <laughs> so black women, when they come to the hospital, mainly to the ED, they're 40% mm-hmm. less likely to get pain medicine than any other ethnic group or sex group why is why because yeah, we're the why? angry black women they're gonna be angry they're gonna yell at me yeah and if you're yelling in. you're angry that must mean you're not in pain right and so you know i learned that like i mean you know i asked people that you know i, I look at cultures i look at those implicit bias and why do we feel and why do we think that way why are you an angry black woman if i was fucking beat and talked to and looked down upon for fucking 400 years i'd be angry too and shit mm-hmm. i'd probably mm-hmm. come out stabbing motherfuckers Right. But I think also, too, is that people don't stop, pause and understand because right. not all the time are we angry. You're not, you're not angry. Sometimes just... you're completely passionate about yeah. how you say things like people think I'm loud. Like I remember me and my husband. Can you quiet like, down? You so you're loud? so loud. Yeah. Like, quiet down. You're so loud. <laughs> right. He told me you're so loud. Like why? And I'm like, I'm just passionate. I just yeah. love the topic that I'm talking about. I just don't talk like this. And Sir, mind like, your hey, business. No, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> But we do get that, right? And you look at how people look at you, not only from a Black woman, a Black male, and even across other races as well, right? Are you in the healthcare field? Or would you like to learn how to save a life? Let Central Valley Medical teach you today. We offer CPR and first aid, IV therapy, ACLS, PALS, NRP, and more. Visit us at www.morethancpr.com or call us today at 559-765-0300. We do more than just CPR. Learn to respond to a code, not react. And even across other races as well, right? We have these different biases that come in place. And it's just really just sad. Like, can we just all get along? Yeah, but see, you got to think about this, though. So people think you're loud. 
I'm not an angry black woman, but I'm loud too. I get told all the time that I'm fucking loud. And so, I mean, you're passionate. Yeah. I mean, I just, I talk loud one because I was in the army and they teach you to project your voice. Mm-hmm. Two, I had my ear cut off. Like I, you told me about your mom and her and I are mm-hmm. close to the same. I had this ear cut off in the army. Mm-hmm. My eardrum was repaired and sewn back on. So I'm deaf and this ear is hard to hear. So I talk even louder. Mm-hmm. And because I'm confident in myself, I project confidence, but some people see it as cockiness or right. arrogance and shit. I'm like, call me whatever the fuck you want to call me. I don't give a shit. I know who I am. Well, we're living in a world where everybody's so sensitive, right? Yes, every, every, you got to watch everything that you say. Everybody's so sensitive. They're taking things personal. But it's because also people aren't confident in who they are right. anymore. Right. So I'm confident in who I'm at. Do I know everything? Not even a chance. You know, we talked about this on the last episode. I don't know shit about L&D nursing except this head comes out the vagina and you don't want the damn neck cord around cord. the neck of shit. You just want it to come out nice and pink. Mm-hmm. That's all I know. I'm not a dialysis nurse. I know that you take a needle and stab the fistula or the graph or whatever. To access it? Suck out the dirty blood, clean it, put the shit back in. I mean, I'm not, I don't know all the damn details. So. You know, what's so amazing is I love this because as an educator, you know, I think about like, I'm an ER nurse. I can save your life. And I don't know everything about that either. Right. But I'm like, y'all just got to know the basic concepts of what this stuff right. is. Like, stop trying to get so damn detailed and get right. on the technicality. Just know the concepts. Right. <laughs> I know, but it's hard because, you know, they expect you to know every answer. And that's not even reasonable. to the, No. I mean, I appreciated that because yeah. you are a very intelligent man. And sometimes I'll be like, these are the only things I want you to remember about this concept because right. it is so important. And you may not ever see it in your years of experience. Now, so. one thing you don't know about me, I do love vocabulary words. And I try to find real big fancy words that most people don't know, only so I can use it when I talk to people I don't like. I uh-huh. can talk shit about them, but using fancy words that they don't understand. Oh, tell us what's your favorite word that you like to use when you're talking shit about people who don't understand um, what you're I'll have to think. I'll come back to that, but I'll think. But I do okay. use like the word onus a lot, dubious, scruples. You don't have very good scruples, you know, because most people have no idea what the fuck I'm saying and shit. So I but not no do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-
That's when that butt come in, like, but yeah, I, I like you, but right. I'll, I'll work I, with you, but <laughs> no, I don't know if this is a woman thing or a man thing, but I until you prove to me that I can trust you, I'm not going to trust you. But women, you trust everybody, and then once they hurt you, I can't believe you hurt me. Then you shouldn't. See, for trust me, me, I'm not a. I'm. I'm a, I have a very discerning spirit, and that's good. I don't you're always a, trust everyone. That means. Let me translate that shit. You're good at reading bullshit. Pretty much, yeah. Right. That's that's what discerning means. I'm mm-hmm. the same way. I can have mm-hmm. a conversation with somebody, and I can tell you if they're bullshitting you or not. If they're lying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's why I, I think read the it, room pretty well. Yeah, me too. I think. And I'm sorry if some of you are out there going to be disappointed in what I'm about to say, but I really don't give a fuck. If you're a manager interviewing people and you are those managers that ask those silly questions that have been asked for the last 20 years, what's your goal in five years? How do you see yourself? That means you're a shitty manager. Mm-hmm. If you're an OR manager, like you used to work in OR, as mm-hmm. an OR manager, I would give them three or four scenarios about different cases in the OR yes. and ask the nurse how they would handle that. Mm-hmm. That would that would tell me a lot more about that nurse and how they're going to handle the situation. Am I going to be able to work with them? Mm-hmm. But asking people their goals, that's bullshit. Because, you don't, as a manager, you don't really give a fuck about my goals. You just want to know if I'm going to show up to work and am I going to be here in five years and bail your ass out. Well, I was going to say, what does goals have to do with your ability to be able to perform a job? It don't. And most people don't know what the fuck they're going to do in five years. Because mm-hmm. most people aren't taught to think about five-year goals, 10-year goals. Because some of their goals is just sitting right there having an interview with you, landing their first they just job. Want, yeah, they just want to get a fucking job and shit. Yeah. But, like, when people come to me and ask me about cover letters, you know what I say about cover letters? You know what a what? cover letter is? Yeah, I know the cover <laughs> Look at me. This is what I think about cover letters. Don't disrespect their cover letters like that. It's worthless. Why do I need to write a letter to tell you about me when I can just ask you? Start Shima, tell me about your fucking self. I don't need a damn cover letter to tell me that shit. But it's, it's the formal and the proper thing to do nope. in today's you world. Know, I can guarantee most managers take that shit and throw it away. I know about you because I'm going to interview you ass and ask you. Right. But, you know, there's following the protocols of the organization. I've never, I have hire. never, ever, ever gave a cover letter. Ever. Never? Never. Hmm. Turned in your resume? I just turned in my resume. You either want me or don't. I, if you want to know about Kevin, what are you going to do? Is it up to date? Is it truthful? It sure is. <laughs> go on LinkedIn. Go to LinkedIn. I keep my shit up to date. I just talked to a lady last night that I'm mentoring. The one I told you about, you know, she didn't get the money because they didn't want to pay it. I went on to her LinkedIn and I said, listen, you got to beef that shit up. Like, you need to go look at mine and look at yours. Put all your certifications on there. Put talk about you. And you, if you have a LinkedIn account, you can create your own resume off of it. And it looks okay, Let's unpack this really quick. Let's unpack Kevin really quick. Y'all heard him say he has some mentees. Okay. So he is a coach. He's mentoring. He's coaching. <laughs> and it sounds like he can help your, you get your LinkedIn, which is your professional profile, really, really up to date. Like to where you can look beefy. One thing I love about men that is a quality that most women don't have is us talking ourselves up. Yeah, because uh, you know how many job interviews, or not job interviews, but you know how many job offers I get on a daily basis just from in. just from LinkedIn. Yeah. And I have to turn them down. Like, you know, let's, I want you to be this manager. I'm like, yeah, I don't thank you, but I don't need that shit. Right. Well, I'll give you this much. Yeah, I don't need that shit. So let me ask you, do you go and audit people's LinkedIn profiles and oh, recommend yeah, things for I, them? Well, I don't recommend it because, I mean, you told me not to give away my services for free. 
Absolutely. So but that's I, what I'm saying. So can they hire you to help them beef up their yeah, profiles? Yeah, of course. You just tell me what you want. I help you. Okay. So Kevin says, if you're ready to grow, beef up your LinkedIn profile, that he has a service to be able to help you with that. And apparently he says, you see all the job offers he's getting, opportunities, and the more beefy that that profile looks, well, the more money I, and earning power you can make. I looked at her profile and, you know, it's nice and everything. She had her education, but what did she not take the time to fill out? Like maybe her skills, her qualities. Well, she her didn't have, yeah, she didn't have skills. She didn't have certification. But the most important thing, the first thing that people see on your profile is your bio. Yeah, your bio. Yeah, which, what you're which is your, in. Which is your fucking cover letter. Yeah, feel that nice that elevator shit. speech. Yeah, fill that shit out. I am so-and-so. I've worked here. I've done this. I've, you know, been here. This is what I want. This is what I like. That's what people see first. And if you don't fill it out, guess what they're going to do? Swipe left. Right. Because I one thing I teach my women is like when they're updating their profiles, their handles, is that people should be able to go and read it. And quickly, it should be engaging. It should be capturing about who you are, what you do. And they should know right then and there if they're the person for you. Is that the same kind of approach that you use when it you're is. hiring LinkedIn? It, it is. But I also look at emails. Like, why do you have an email named Silly Mike 245 Come on. If you want to be treated as professional, like I, you can have a crazy, like my personal Instagram is called Raging Cajun. Cause you know, I'm, my mom always told me I was Cajun, but my DNA says something else, but I am fucking raging. Cause I'm always angry and shit, but it's just fun. But I don't use that as my personal. I would never send that to somebody that I wanted a job or grow business. That's why I just do Kevin Stansberry RN at gmail.com. I keep it professional. When I create my LinkedIn, that's what I use. I don't use some kooky-ass email like bubblegum25. Like people, I know it sounds crazy, but managers look at that stuff. Absolutely. And managers are old. They're old like me or older. So they're very anal and shit. So they still follow those old ways of thinking. So you got to understand your audience. Right. I agree with that. And then it also lets them know how serious you are, what type of professional right. you are. Are you set up to be and are you management quality if you guys are going into leadership? Like you shouldn't have raging Cajun at gmail.com, right. <laughs> right? Right. Because they're like, all right, he raging. It's telling you then these what we don't realize is that when we make these kind of emails, we're telling a part, we're giving people an insight to us. An insight to who we are. And it may not be the insight that we necessarily want them to know. That's right. Not that you are bad in any right. kind of way. But what if I didn't know Kevin and I read Rage and Cajun? What kind of things would come to my mind right. that would say, oh, I ain't going to pick him. I'm not going right. to hire him. Let me go to the next applicant that's right. to see. So I agree. So that's awesome. I'm happy that you have that service and that have mentees that you are working with to help them get what they deserve out in the market right now. That is powerful. So if y'all want y'all LinkedIn's edited, where do they reach out to you at, Kevin? They they can go to at Central Valley Medical on Instagram or they can message me on Facebook. They can email me at kstansberry at moredancpr.com. Any of those places you can go see me and stuff. Nice. I love it. I love it. Just so you know, I don't, all the people trying to get a hold of me that got my cell phone and stuff, Starshima learned a harsh lesson. (laughs) When you call me, my phones automatically get sent to voicemail because I teach all the time. I don't have time for fucking phone calls. Mm-hmm. If you text me and I'm in class, the texts get forwarded to Ariana or Miss Pat because it's not that I don't want to talk to people, but I I work so much that I don't always have time to text and phone calls. Anytime you email me, I'll get back to you. Right. So 
Just don't take it personal if I don't answer your fucking phone call. Yeah, he don't answer mine either, y'all. I can only get Messenger. I don't answer Miss Pats and shit, so. I'll answer her text. Yeah, I'll answer her text, but I I answer my emails. That's how I prefer it. Even when people call me business-wise, I'm like, I don't have time to fucking call, take the email me and shit. Yeah. All right, so let's think about this. So you just brought up Miss Pat, and we've had conversation. What is it like to be self-employed and to work alongside a woman and your wife. Well, I love it. Miss Pat probably don't love it because she got to put up with my motherfucking ass. But me and Miss Pat met way back in L.A. and we were originally met in a CPR class. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we taught CPR for fun and stuff. But I, when I started working at Selma back in 2008 or something, I don't remember when I worked there. But whenever I was working at Selma, I wanted to start this business and teach because I wanted to start moving away from the bedside because I wanted to think about my retirement Mm -hmm. because I'm not going to be able to do this shit forever. Mm -hmm. She wasn't big on it. You know, she was like, what if, you know, what about our health insurance? What if this, what if that? I'm like, so what? Like, who gives a fuck? Like we've been poor before. Who gives a shit? It -hmm. was really hard for her, but a lot of people look, come here and they see our office building. They hear the phone calls and stuff. Everything you see at Central Valley Medical, Ah, Kevin Stanley fucking created. Mm-hmm. People think we're this big corporation and stuff, but it's just us. There's only like five or six, seven people in this fucking office. We're a family. That's kind of magical that seven <laughs> people can run a business. That is cool. Yeah, we're, seven people don't run a fucking business. Oh, okay. What two, happened? Two, maybe three people run a business. <laughs> okay. You know, the rest of them are instructors and shit. I mean, they do help. Don't get me wrong, but you know, without them, I couldn't exist. But Everything you see, all the processes, all the emails, all the phone calls, this motherfucker built that shit from the ground up with mm-hmm. her help. Because, you know, I curse a lot. So she she's like my editor. Okay. She's my, she's my she's filter. She's my filter. She's a filter. So that's how we started working along. But she, you know, she wasn't grand about it because, you know, she's like every woman. She wants security. Mm-hmm. She told me I will not quit my job as a teacher because she was a special ed teacher for 23 years. Mm-hmm. She said, I'm not going to quit my job until we make this amount of money. And it's not it's not a lot. You know, it looks like a lot on paper, but it's not because we make less now than we did as a teacher and a nurse like her and I. She could go back teaching full time and I could go back nursing full time and we'd make two or three times more than what we make here. But would you be happy? No. So that's why we do it, because we get to spend more time with our kids. Now, I like spending time with her. Like, I want to be around her all the fucking time. She just don't want to be around me and shit. Like, I don't know. Maybe she hates my ass, but she's just different. She's built different than me. But I love, mm-hmm. like, I want to be with her all the time. Like, if I could get rid of my kids and kick them out of the house, I'd spend 24-7 with her. Oh, that's so sweet. So, but she just don't like it. But, but I like it. I like what I do, because I, I get to help the other people that work here. I have a mission. My mission is to help change the way the Valley educates its nurses. I want nurses to understand why they're doing shit, not just do it because they're told and stuff. Yeah. So I, but I like being an entrepreneur. Like it's freedom. I don't have like, now people think I'm crazy because you know, you know me, like when I worked at the hospital, I talk like this all the time. I even Mm -hmm. fucking cursed at work. Now I'm not stupid. Mm -hmm. I don't go cursing in front of my patients right away. I go, we said I, right away. I like that caveat. Well, because, right you know, I go in, I, I try to find out if they're religious. Mm-hmm. If I hear them talking about Jesus and will you pray for me, I'll pray with them, even though I'm not a very religious person. But I can fucking have a facade, too. But I'm not stupid. Now, if I know they're crackheads and they curse at me and they yell at me, then I'll start relaxing and I'll curse back at them. And I know I'm not going to get in trouble. 
because mm-hmm. I know they're not going to tell them. However, when you come here, how come I curse? Probably because it's your building. Yeah, it's my home. If you don't like it, you can fucking go somewhere else and shit. I don't care. I mean, I do care, but I just think it's silly because, you know, if you look at a person that curses as not being professional, then you have misjudged me and you've missed the boat. Mm. And I tell people, I'm like, you got 30 something years experience, high quality experience right at your fucking feet. Mm-hmm. And if you're willing to dismiss it because of a few words that come out of your mouth, it's your loss and shit. Like, I don't know a whole lot of shit, but I know motherfucking nursing. Right. And you're willing to give up 30, 40 years experience just because of a few foul words. I think you've missed a boat. Right. You know, if I had yeah. somebody that was very religious and they were super smart about a topic that I was interested in, mm-hmm. I would shut the fuck up and hear them pray about Jesus and Give me a sermon on Sunday just so I could learn what? What you're supposed to learn. Yeah, yeah, what I'm supposed to learn. So I just think that we need to you know, rethink the way we judge people. So Yeah. But I, I like I, Yeah. I agree. I just think some people, I guess like what you call it, like their palate is just a little bit different of the things that they're able to tolerate. But I just see not to tell people that this is what they have to accept if they feel like. You don't have to accept me. Nobody has to accept Kevin. Except. Except. You. Kevin. You got to live with you. And I live with myself every fucking day. And every time I look at myself, damn, that's an awesome motherfucker right there. (laughs) (laughs) I think that that is most men's like approach. Like they really are. They can pat themselves on the back. They can look at themselves. They can find the good qualities in them. And sometimes for us as women, we struggle with that. Yeah, I mean, I get it. I mean, yeah, because you guys, I don't know if I'm I'm generalizing, but I think women see that as arrogance, cockiness. Mm-hmm. And I don't. I just think I, men see it as confidence. Right. If you talk to another man and we were having a conversation about a third man, if we say he's cocky, it's not because he's confident. It has to do with something else that he's doing or not doing that's exuberating his cockiness. Right. But if he's articulating his words well, he's teaching us something that he knows. And he's like, damn, that somebody knows the shit. We don't see it as cockiness. We see it as mm-hmm. confidence. Right. And that's why I think you have to rebrand yourself as women and not be afraid to lift yourself up. Yeah. Where did that fucking, where did that seventy year old Starshima go? The one who used to jump off the couches and ride a fucking huffy bike and jump off of cliffs and shit. Beat people up, you know. Yeah, now don't be mad, but where where did that bitch go? Bring her bring her back out. Where is she at? Yeah. I know, but there's I don't know her name, but there's a lady who goes around mentoring women that talk about that. Where's that seven-year-old Starshima? Mm. How come she's not here anymore? Where, bring her back out. Yeah. You know, where, how did she get stuffed down in the box somewhere? I think society. I think we put, we allow society to entertain those titles and that's what the things that they I don't know. They I, do, I, you know? Why do women wear makeup and get fixed up and dress? Why do women get breast implants? They want to feel good about themselves. Yeah, but you blame it on us and we're doing it for our men. No, you're not. You're doing it for your fuck uh, self. When don't yeah, give no. shit. I, yeah, wouldn't, I, mean, I wouldn't say that. I would a lot blame of women do, them. though. Yeah. Well, maybe their husbands, I mean, their significant other, their husband. Some people make you feel inadequate with who you yeah. are and they go and jazz you up. Women are very good at turning shit around. Sometimes the men make them. We, we won't have a debate. Uh, <laughs> I'm just <yeah>. kidding. <laughs> I love it. So, Kevin, tell us what kind of services, what kind of mentoring, 
do you offer over at Central Valley Medical that some so people if, may want to take advantage of? So, you know, most people know already we teach ACLS, BLS, PALS, all the certifications that you have to have every two years. But one thing people may not know is I also get hired and we offer care plans. So if you got places of business that need care plans, I write care plans, I develop a care plan. I provide training for staff that are not medical professionals. I provide training to lay people. I do legal nurse consulting as well. So if you ever had a lawsuit that your loved one got hurt and you wanted to sue them, I have a lawyer that I recommend to. And, and if it fits my expertise, he'll hire me to review the records. And if I need to, I can go to court. Because remember, I'm a certified emergency nurse. Mm -hmm. I'm also a vascular access board certified specialist. Okay. So, so I use that to my advantage. I use those credentials because mm -hmm. I keep up on the research. Yes. So, you know, they may hire you for things like that. I mentor, you know, I don't always charge for mentoring, but I guess I better start now because Starshima gets mad at me because I don't. Yes. I mean, if, the problem is I think people are too cheap. They don't want to pay. They, why no, do I got projecting? Pay? You're being I, pessimistic I, right no, now. No, but I really believe that. I don't, you, let's take a fucking poll. People Let's pay. Put it on what? Put it on our Facebook page, our Nurse okay. to Nurse podcast. Put a fucking poll. How much would pay for Kevin's mentorship? Okay. And we'll you see. Might, you might be surprised at what you get. So if y'all not in our Facebook community, now, I don't, I'll, Facebook and nurse I'll nurse tell podcast. you. I'll tell you what I will give you if you're right. And don't fucking okay. just vote in Starshima's favor so I have to pay her some shit. Okay. What do you want to pay me? Well, what's going to be? I, I'll tell you off camera because i don't want it to sway people okay <laughs> look at you wise huh wise. i am because i don't okay. trust people i think you know I, I could say things and then they'll go and vote just so i had to pay you and shit. so what is it what's the thing here so do we want to know if people are willing to pay for kevin's mentorship or is it the dollar amount that you're concerned about i think it's both okay what so what would add? be most important to you that's a good damn question i don't know well you know <laughs> i i don't know how you i don't know if you realize but i feel guilty about charging people money and we got to stop that. I know, but I'm just you being honest. You pay for things. I do, but that's because I want to better myself. And why wouldn't you think that somebody else wants to pay you to better themselves? Because they're fucking cheap. People are fucking cheap. One thing that one of my coaches told me is we got to stay out of our clients' pockets. If we have that mindset, guess what? You're always going to attract cheap people. I got but you. But I, I believe that there's people out there with money who wants to pay you to work with you. And we're going to put this poll up. And we're going to put it up. We're going to put it up on Instagram. We're going to see what the people have to say. All right, we'll see. We're gonna see what we'll they have see. to say. We do a poll. I'll message you what I'm gonna give you if the okay. If message right. me. I, and I'm gonna tell y'all. <laughs> I won't tell y'all when I put the poll up. We'll tell you. I will tell y'all afterwards. afterwards. Right. And we may have on our next live in April. We may go over and talk about it. So that's gonna go up here soon. So you'll see it in the group, and you may be listening to this after you've already voted. So All we'll right. see. All right. <laughs> Well, Kevin, tell them where, I think you told them the kind of services that you offer. Where can they so go you, and take advantage of your services? So you can go to morethancpr.com, www.morethancpr.com. Or you can go to our Instagram page at Central Valley Medical. Same thing at Central Valley Med is our Twitter handle. Same thing at Central Valley Medical for our TikTok. So anywhere you want to go. Yeah. So Best Kevin, he's... Follow me. Sounds like he's getting ready to open up that mentorship mm -hmm. here in 2023. We'll see. Let's see what happens. Yeah, Thank we'll y'all for listening to us. Yeah. Go follow my good guy friend over on Instagram, Twitter. 
Make sure you take advantage of its services because this is the place where you're going to go get all your nursing education from. Forget the rest, right? right. Don't forget to follow Star Shima too at Brand Nurse Coach. Don't forget that either. All right. We appreciate y'all for tuning in to another episode. We'll catch y'all on our next one. Take care. Peace. Thank you, guys. Peace out. Bye. All right.